My name's Forrest Gump. People call me Forrest Gump. I don't know if it's like Mama said, and the MEP report is a, a diversion and a waste of time, or if it's like Lieutenant Dan, who said that the MEP report is the greatest amateur podcast in the English language. But I think maybe it's both. Maybe both things could be happening at the same time. Okay. Left my home back in Omaha See if I could make it out in the world And I got as far as Wichita Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for more Alright then, welcome to... Mount Report 103. <laughs> uh, Jan, what is this, March 28th? Are you him as well, since we can't go without him, since we had him in the last two? Welcome. What's going on, everybody out there? Yeah. I don't want everyone to be so sad. So Russ is going to play the role of a story and himself. Oh, wow. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Should we start again, then, so we get that, that very clear to everybody, or are we good? No, we're, we just did it right now. Oh, wait, yeah, <laughs> clear. When you said hello, I should have done something like, Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> Which is classic That's story. story <laughs> so what's right. up, everyone out there? I want to thank everybody for listening, as always, and uh, welcome everyone back in. We're back to our normal crew of uh, Russ, myself, and Clea. And, um, yeah, so what's going on, everyone? Hope everyone's doing well. We're here in late March, and uh, I don't know that there's anything specific. Oh, well, I did want you to go to mention that email, Russ, that you got from the guy. The email? Yeah. Well, can I read it later? Because I have my I have World of Warcraft up right now, and I can't. Uh, Do you have to have World of Warcraft up? Attacking me. Yeah. But let's look at it a different way. Attacking me, and I'm going to aggro some creatures if I try to switch over. So. Oh my goodness! It's gotten really bad. We got an email. Somebody said, "Hey, Meppers, good job." I like. We're going to have to do an intervention, Greg. I know. We are going to have to do an intervention. The funny. The funny thing too is that we, you know, the the person who cause this addiction, i.e. you, yes. is going to have to cure the addiction. No, well, Story did it, really, this time. Greg did it the first, and, and you know... Oh, no, Greg was a part of this of time as well. It was Greg. Well, I was connected to it. Oh, no, yes. no, you were more than connected, Greg. I, I was vaguely connected to the side. Perhaps it was that's like, what it was. Greg was the original guy that, like, sold me, like, meth, like, back in 1986. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, I yeah. I went on rehab after years of doing meth, and then I got <laughs> off... And then Story is like, well, here's, you know, some ecstasy. And I'm like, well, I don't think I should do that. And he's like, it's totally different, and it's better. It's easier. I'm no, like, see, okay, what you don't understand it. is Greg, was then, the, Greg, Greg <laughs> told him to give you the, the Met. He's, he told, oh, shit. He told Story that. that he thought you would like it. <laughs> well, I had told him that before, Clea. I told him that a year ago, though. 
I had said that a year oh, ago that he would like it, so it's not like it was a new thing, really. You're so just simply because it took story like a year to instigate, you think you're no longer culpable? I would say that story would make a great drug dealer if he were an inefficient drug dealer. Like, I wouldn't think of stories being like, you know, he's like, I'll build up my crew given time, which is not the way most drug dealers think, but, you know, for story, he wants to make a connection with the people that he's selling on crack. Mm-hmm. You know, so has the statute of limitations good. expired on your getting me addicted to another right, online role playing? Exactly. There you go. Story. Right. That's, that's exactly you. what it is. That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay. You're still so and you're so sure. unhappy I don't about care. it. So. I like so it. I found the email that you uh, forwarded to me. This is uh, actually, and I, oh, I assume that he has no problem saying it. <laughs> he says, uh, I know it's a little late, but congrats on reaching show 100. Well, you're right, it's a little late, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm a big fan and have been listening since about MepReport 55. In reference to MepReport 100, CSI did a show with furries. The team finds a man dead in a coyote suit out in the desert, and the show goes off from there. Okay. They even stumble upon a yiff and arrest a blue female cat, which turns <laughs> to be a guy. There's an awesome scene where the cop is bringing the cat down the hall and cops and everyone is staring, wondering what the hell is going on. Speaking of people in animal suits, I was wondering if you've seen the new Subaru commercial, and I just did see this commercial, actually, yesterday. It starts out showing a guy in a gorilla suit with a chipboard and chimpanzee in his side. A clipboard. Uh, clipboard. A <laughs> uh, salesman comes and asks him what he's doing, and the man replies, getting ready for the tent event. The salesman then replies, it's not that kind of tent, and points to a tent set up in the showroom. Every time it comes on, it bugs me, and I was wondering if you guys had any idea what it's about. Thanks, Phil from Omac, Washington. Well, first of all, Phil, thank you for well, listening, and please spread the word. We appreciate that. And secondly, we do know who it was because Russ is the man in the gorilla suit. So, Russ, I think you could explain why they decided to put you in that. Yeah, sure. The ad execs subconsciously are calling it a tent event because they're implying that whenever you look at a Subaru, you get a giant erection. And that's (laughs) basically what they're going for there. Oh, my God. And the gorilla suit applies how? Well, the is gorilla suit represents, like, the Eros, you know, sex drive of the man who wants to, like, hump the inanimate machinery of the car. Uh. Those gorillas, you know, uh-huh. and chimps especially, like to hump inanimate objects because they uh-huh. don't know any better. Is that what they told you when you got the job? Well, you know, PVS tries to convince you that chimps are so much smarter and, you know, highly civilized and that they have developed all this language that we don't understand. But really, they just like to hump washing machines, so <laughs> I don't see what the big deal is about chimps. Unless the washing machines have a consciousness you're not aware of yet. Maybe they're ahead of the curve, chimpanzees, you know? Mm. It's true. I have to leave that possibility open. You're right about that. (laughs) It is pretty funny, isn't it, that only on the show of the MEP report can we have people who are like, you know something about Vikings and whether they were pacifists? He's like, speaking of furries, this reminds me of, like, no one can argue that we do not have a diverse listener base. People are just like, that reminds me of a show I saw once about Vikings and furries, and that reminds me of, you know. So we appreciate that. That would be pretty cool, like, to have a culture of furries and Vikings. The furries would probably be the people without the weapons, right? Well, people who live in Minnesota would apply, right? They're both they're both Vikings and, you know, furries a lot of the time. That was an interesting um, point that you just made, Greg. Thank you. What are you what exactly are you typing in? Oh, oh you're we're typing good, but we're complimenting each other. We're getting off on the right foot tonight. Yeah. It's <laughs> good stuff. Well I you know Oh you're typing in to see where Omac where, Washington where is. Where is Omac Washington? We're gonna find out. It's near an Indian reservation. The, nice. Um, it's right next to Okanogan, Clea. You knew that. School of Enlightenment. Is yeah. it near Yelm, where the Ramtha people are? No, but it's southwest of Cinerap. Are they in Washington State? It's also near Aeneas. Yelm. Where? They have their uh, their complex, their secluded, you know, David Koresh-like uh, area in Yelm, Washington. Huh. Wow, it's like right up near Canada there. It's like way, way up. Yep. Okay. Where nobody that goes. Place. Unless they want to manifest 
spheres with their mind. So you said Yelm? Yelm. Yep. Let's see where Yelm is. I've never heard of Omak, Washington. How many other towns in Washington State are there that I've never heard of? That's so sad. I'd say quite a number. I mean, I know most of the towns in Connecticut where I grew up, but Connecticut is a small state, you know? There are a lot of places I in... I not know nearly all the towns in New York. Right, I was just going to say. Hey, forget about it. You no would way. assume not. Clearly just the directions from Omak to Yelm. So, so Phil, if you'd like to go find out where Russ did this thing with a hotel, you should drive this. <laughs> what you do is... It's a four-hour drive. You take I-90 West, and you basically want to head down a long ways, and then you want to go over, and it'll, it'll be fine. No, you have to take 97. 97 to uh, I-90. So there you go. Looks like you so just why don't you just cut right over the mountain there. Yelm is fine. just is near Olympia. Dude, I really hope we have a fan in Diablo. That would just be great. Diablo? Diablo, Washington. Oh, look at Diablo, it's on Route twenty. Yep. That'd be awesome. Can we have a fan can we have a fan who pretends to be different from Diablo? That would be nice. Yeah, just someone call call us from Diablo. That would be great. Are you guys tired? You sound like you sound like tired people today. <laughs> you don't like my Diablo commentary. I am tired. I, I no, actually no. am. It has, it's it's not the the content. It's just the like, uh, yeah, um, Diablo. Diablo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is true. We we um we're tired for different reasons. I'm tired because I I literally can't. The grading is just never ending. It just never ends. There, there is no end to grading. It just is one paper after the other, and um, you know. And obviously, what are you grading right now? Uh, right now, I'm going from. I just finished up with my fantasy fiction, um, doing my midterms, and now I move on to short stories for my creative writing class. And then Tuesday, April first, I get my second batch of papers for my literature class. So, pretty much, I'm all all grading all the time. And the truth is, you know, so that's... So for fantasy fiction, are you just, like, reading papers about centaurs all day long? I'm like, they <laughs> ones? It, it's actually about Grendel and Beowulf is what I'm doing. I'm reading these uh, things about Grendel. Uh-huh. And, uh, and there, you uh, know, I won't go into details, you, you know. You should have given them original work. They should have to compose an original work. That should be their test. Not what? like... Oh, you mean an original work like... Somebody else wrote. Like, write, write, in other words, write something about, you know, Grendel's brother or sister or do some kind of creative thing in that regard? Is that the idea? No, just completely original, just fantasy fiction. Come up with a new fantasy fiction storyline, and you get an A. Yeah, and you get an A. Well, I've and already this got way, my... it'll generate more ideas for you and your books. Yeah, sure. And uh, they get their grade, and everybody's happy. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. We uh, Last weekend, I was at a conference in Florida. Clea and uh, our daughter, Senevine, and I went down. And uh, we were at this conference, and it was the ICFA, which is the... International Conference for the Fantastic in the Arts. And this is the kind of thing that... There are a lot of big shots, a lot of people that you would recognize, Russ. Like, you know, a lot of major fantasy authors and then science fiction writers are there. Like, uh, previously, I think they had... um, Oh God, Doris Lessing and I think Heinlein was a a guest. You know, there's a whole bunch of people. They've been around for a while. related to Lawrence Lessig? Uh, I don't think so. The big, big, like, intellectual property rights dude who's, like, he's one of the foremost scholars on digital... No, she's the one who just won the Nobel Prize for Literature. That Doris Lessing. Oh, okay. (laughs) Good family. Good genes there. Good Good genes, I was just going to say. That's right. But there are a lot of, you know, major people there, and that was, that was cool, you know, there are a lot of, lot of different authors there, and they, I was doing a reading on this one track, but one of the things I noticed when I was there, and we, I got into a discussion about this with two couple of friends of ours who actually came, and she was talking about how when she's at a conference, and, you know, the fantasy sci-fi crowd at some of these conferences tends to be more, um, how do I put this, 
they, they tend to be a little bit more off the beaten path in terms of how they dress or act. They're not necessarily mainstream. I wouldn't call them in the furry category, but, you know, they're a little little bit off the norm, let's say. And this friend oh, of ours said that you get, well, you know, just kind of, yeah. So our friend said that she gets physically, she can't physically handle it because she wants to, like, grab them. And this is just a very funny mental image to me. She wants to grab all these people and bring them in a room and sit them down and say, you're okay. You're a fantastic person. You don't need to do this. Like you don't don't need to right. hurt yourself in this way. Well, You're a great person. And be serious it. about it. Well, like, and her whole thing is that like you know they're they're wasting their lives and they're all very unhappy people who everyone made fun of when they were younger. And so that's kind of the is issue. What's she doing? Is she curing cancer in her spare time? Like <laughs> what is she up to that she's going to criticize this group of people? <laughs> she well right. And she was just like she's like well she just thought that it was very you know obscure and out of the norm she, and all that kind of she stuff. Probably works for some paper pusher somewhere in a dead-end corporate job but thinks she's better than these people because she spends her time doing other useless hobbies. She's like in, no, she's in the medical profession, but she, she does medical stuff. And then she does cure cancer, actually. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, every day. Bullshit, every man. day a different kind of cancer. <laughs> yeah, what kind of cancer, huh? Hmm? I mean, but, only, uh, only yeah. one of our own can make fun of the sci-fi people. You can't. The outsiders, they don't know shit. They don't understand like, it. Like, uh, we, just, we just ran an episode this week on Filk, which is folk music specifically about science fiction and fantasy themes. I think I've heard and of that. they have like their own conventions which are sub-conventions. Like these conventions are conventions that sci-fi people won't go to because they're too nerdy. <laughs> it's like the lowest of the lowest of the low. It's the bottom echelon of the social strata. And so it's just hilarious to watch these people sing about Vlad the Impaler. And awesome. Were, so there was one song um, they were singing it was I Want to Die like they do in sci-fi. What a glorious death. In the famous last breath and um, <coughs> that's poetry that ended up being the opening of our episode and somebody complained because on the the, the screen that was showing for people who are about to tune into the video all it shows is a picture of this girl with the guitar and the subtitling under her that says i want to die and they thought that we were saying some we we're making some commentary about the filk people in the episode and we're like it's just you know that's what she was singing at the time it's not our fault we didn't now, do that. now, I have to ask this. It isn't possible that any of you happen to leave that in. On the, I think it was hilarious. Because no. it was hilarious. <laughs> I smell bullshit. That never happened. <laughs> It just happened to be the way But it is it is funny. I mean, and, and you're right. Like, it, everyone, of course, is all coming from this perspective. This particular person happens to be a big, now not quite as big as her friend, but a big Disney fan. And I would argue that, you know, huge Disney fans, like people who have on their vanity plate Diz Girl, those people really are not in a position to be claiming that anyone is more, like, I mean, it's more, you know, and don't get me wrong, like oh, Disney World on, was good brother. and all that, but... Preach on. You know what I mean? Like no, Disneyland sucks. Don't, don't pull back now. You've got some good going. No, here. I'm not saying. No, no, no. I didn't find Keep that it sucked. Going. I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think that. No, it does. It's but, horrible. It's evil. Come on. And besides, it's Disney World, not it. Disneyland. Right it's there. totally different. It's a totally different suck. feeling. Everything sucks. It's a totally different feeling. But it, you know, the point is, like the different groups, it's it's all dependent entirely, of course, upon your perspective and where you're coming from. And I, you know, I think that this was relatively mild. I mean, I've seen a lot more, you know, a lot worse examples, frankly, of conferences you know that, what? that are more nerdy. You know, I so. would argue, I would argue that Disney obsessed people are actually of uh, a lower level of importance than sci-fi. Um, interested people. Okay, now why is that? Sci-fi is actually like, 
an original, you know, depending on what you like, obviously there's a great deal of variety, like a lot more original themes, and you have to put some thinking into it, and it actually involves things like science and current technology that you have to understand to know what's going on in these themes, and Disney's just a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of fairy tale nonsense for children. Like, sci-fi is so much more well-developed. Obviously, it's had a longer time, like, you know, since... I, I like Jules how this Byrne is reduced, whatnot, like, but like... Russ is like, here's a very complex description sci-fi of sci-fi. And, and on Disney, a bunch of crap. It is a bunch of crap. And, like, even fantasy people, I think even, fa- like, fantasy... The genre, which you know I don't like as much as I like sci-fi. Right. Even that, like, way, way more intricate and developed and realistic and has better characters than Disney shit. Well, amen to that. Come on. <laughs> so Now you're in my wheelhouse. Ways, amen. People who are obsessed with Disney who think they're in the mainstream because they go to Disney World and they stand in line be- behind 700 other idiots who are in line for the same stupid Disney thing. Like, I don't care if they, you know, they're just sheep. They have no value. They have no originality. They just <laughs> grow up with it, and they don't question it, and, and that's what they do. And that's, and that's their but deal. Picking up a book. Read a book, people. Read Wait, book. though. What about, what about someplace like um, the Science Center at Epcot, which combines science fiction and Disney? Yeah, and the, uh, the futuristic vision in the giant golf ball ride at Epcot Center <laughs> is a future that, of, like, the glorious world of 1997 and all that it will hold for the future. Like... <laughs> Look, we'll have terminals with graphical displays on them. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's amazing. It is pretty funny. You know, it's the one place where and you can walk around Disney World, and all you see are these people wandering around with, like, they have a new um, Jamaican uh, Mickey Mouse cap, which is, you know, you put it on and you get the ears or whatever, but then they've got the, the yellow and black colors and then basically, like, Mickey Mouse dreadlocks down below. And clearly, the, you know, they basically just decided yeah, we can give you the most... never ri- going to be cool. Right. Like, the most ridiculous hats on Earth. Like, you will never find more ridiculous hats. Work. And people will wear them. Like, these people walk around looking like the biggest tools on the planet, but, you know, everyone accepts it because it's, it's Disney World, right? So, you know. And by the way, that has no application elsewhere. Go try wearing a Disney outfit. Like, you could wear, theoretically, like a, a cloak somewhere, and you might get made fun of, but you could maybe get away with it, like, in movie premieres or whatever. If you wear a goddamn Mickey Mouse hat around, like, outside, you will get your ass kicked in. Like, you can't, you can't do that. Once you leave Disney World, the hat comes off. That's the way it works. You will have an in inverted buttocks if that happens. <laughs> they will take the hat and they will, you know, kick the ears into your butt. You'll have, like, that's... Well, I have that's to say, like, because I... I you know, it does. It I think it does fit for a lot of things. Like I, I bought a hat down there, and I'm already regretting it. I got a pirate princess hat, which actually is a pretty cool hat. But I'm walking around today thinking, I don't know if this is appropriate. <laughs> just walking around the Bronx with. A hat that says Pirate Princess on it. Well, all you have to do is put it to the side. Like, put it off to the side of your head, and then it's good. And then just go yo a lot. Yo, 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 what are you looking at, yo? The one thing they're good at, it's a great bit of marketing. Like, they want the girls to wear it, but some girls are sick of all the princess stuff. So they're like, all right, we'll we'll have an edge to it. Now you can be a princess pirate. So... Can sail the high seas and rob people, but still be like princessy. That's that's some good marketing right there. Yeah. How could you not go for that? Absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't think Greg said this, but I I feel like Disney is like the quintessential American success story. I mean, it's everything that's American, right? It's it's or at least what we used to be, idealistic America of fantastic customer service and hope and dreams and. And commercialism and customer service. What customer service? No, that's what Disney is all about. Russ. 
That's what. That's but they don't provide any services. So where's the customer service come in? Well, they provide lots of services. What are you talking about? Like. You don't what actually do touch. Provide? You don't touch the ground when you're there, dude. You get lifted by sedan chairs. Yeah, you, you, we, you, they, when you first get you there, like they put the you up, up on their shoulders on service? chairs. Huh? Well, there's restaurants, there's hotels, there's. Dude, drive. I could nod at someone and they would be killed instantly by customer service at Walt Disney. It was awesome. No, they now got that, rid of that feature. Want to be, <laughs> costume. I want to see Mickey costume. Mouse wielding like a giant two-handed sword. Be like, oh, sorry, it was bothering you. See, he's dead. <laughs> Everything's fine. Oh, uh, nothing to see here. <laughs> the one thing I'll say though, it is ridiculous. That, now that we we came just around peak season is is the you know this time period. So there were just the place was freaking packed. It is ridiculous how clean it is. Given how many people are there, it, that place ought to be filthy, and it's not actually. It's really clean. It's surprising how clean it is. And partly that's because they have this like Disney people World like you're talking about. Every what's that? Disney World. Disney World. They've got like every three seconds somebody's wandering by like cleaning things up. It's crazy. Yeah. That's true. The Nazis were very cleanly people. (laughs) You know, I've noticed the the trains ran on time. I like to point out trends every once in a while and piss Russ off. This is another trend that usually when we're talking about something or someone that Russ isn't like, he quickly, very subtly connects them to uh well that to i today i nazis. taught my i taught the poem daddy by sylvia plath which compares her father to a nazi and i successfully pissed my class off I, not me personally but the poem because they were all like oh this is great because her father must have been abusive and he must have been this must have been that and i'm just nodding i'm like yep actually her father was uh, a beekeeper and uh he was a gentleman whose one crime is that he died young and so she's really angry and that's what this poem's about and they're like what that's ridiculous and it's just not this big thing like there was how that's wrong could you do this that's so wrong and blah 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 and it was it was great because they're right to a degree i mean like you know she is and she compares herself to a jew she, who's in the holocaust like she compares herself it's like you shuffled me off to Dachau and you did this to me in auschwitz and all this stuff and wow. you know now the villagers are that's jumping up and down on your selfish. they drove a stake through your heart and daddy you bastard i'm through and you know i may be a bit of a jew and all this stuff yeah and it's just over the top yeah unbelievable Slightly. Slightly. Yeah. All right. So, refuge of the lazy rhetorician. That's fine. I accept that. (laughs) Calling people Nazis not the most creative insult in the world. Why don't you call them clowns, Russ, like I do? That's very creative. He was like a notorious, like, Nazi sympathizer, anti-Semite guy. Like, that is documented. So, there's some connection there. Uh Uh-huh. When is Walt Disney a Nazi sympathizer? Are you kidding me? This is a well-known thing. This is not uh, even controversial, really. That he's just was an anti-Semitic guy, and he sort of visited with a lot of like German dignitaries and stuff before World War II. How do you explain Jimmy Cricketberg? He had a letter-writing campaign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you had, wish like, upon when you wish upon with the song with, when you uh, wish upon a matzah. How do you explain? How do you explain that? When you wish <laughs> upon a matzah. <laughs> Makes no difference if you plot it, if you want some gefilte fish, I'll make for you. Yep, absolutely. I remember that. It was one of my favorites. So I didn't know that he was a Nazi Growing sympathizer, I nor, the, uh, nor do I fully the believe that. The story had it. A DVD with some of those songs on it. The falafel store, yeah. I'll bet. Uh, I was not aware. Well, he um, wasn't a Nazi sympathizer until Russ went into his time machine back, you know, in the Nazi time. That's true. He made him a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> he put a swastika on the Mickey Mouse that's hat. Right. Some people, 
some time travelers go back specifically to kill Hitler. I go back to make other people affiliated with Hitler just to shame them. Well, we've right. talked about this in a previous T. Like, put things in his pockets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, aha, uh-huh, you were a Nazi. <laughs> Right, we did we did this once before. You're so. Right. How exactly would Walt Disney be a Nazi symbol? Like what? What? I mean, they they were like we he love sorry, what? we love what you do with Mickey. He didn't like Jews, and he liked the people who killed them. We love what you We love what you do with Mickey. We love how you how you use. It's, Mickey it's to quite kill simple, Jews. Greg. There's two ways you become a Nazi sympathizer. You kill Jews, or you like people who you kill don't Jews. like. One, you don't like Jews. <laughs> two, you, you like, like the people, people that kill them. Jews. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that's very no, simple. No, I know. Two easy steps to being a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> Some people do it overachiever and get this book, cute little mustache. We could write a like pamphlet. A short, wouldn't be very long. <laughs> well, that was the thing, too. I was going through that. It and could be one of those little cars you stick in your wallet. I realized I was doing that because mm-hmm. I was going through explaining, you know, uh, modernism and how Sylvia Plath and other poetry was kind of a reaction to modernism. And I was talking about how some of those poets were Nazi sympathizers, like William Butler Yeats and stuff like that. And, like, and they had this belief that, you know, what we needed to do after World War One was to produce a better breed of human being, you know, typically blonde hair, blue eyed. And then I realized as I'm saying this and my students are all looking at me, I'm like, I am blonde haired and blue eyed. So... In other words, I uh, <laughs> better make person like better me. person like me educated with because co- I was like, beho- you know, teaching and all the time, and it was. He says, I, "Oh, I just realized." He doesn't realize. He, he <laughs> remembers this all the I'm time. I'm Aryan. Yes. Oh no. All the time. But that's look. I've I've expressed on many different occasions my my sort of concern about my yes, half German heritage. On many 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 occasions, you like to point out. This is why I only eat it's half. Almost like you. Half of some bratwurst. You know what? Because I feel I, I you know, otherwise it's more. So speaking of which, my grandfather, I have one speaking promise for my life that I have to keep half to my speaking grandfather. Of half of <laughs> it is totally. He, uh, he always told me that I could never buy a German car, no matter what, because of you know he felt like it was bankrolling the Nazis, and he just didn't sure. understand why. Especially Jews would drive German cars. Right. And so even though I realize the complexities of the market, that there are a lot of pieces coming from different places, and you can't ever like not have German part things in your life without being a totally obsessive crazy person but you know for the sake of how much i loved him like i made him the promise that i would never ever buy a german car because it's pretty easy for me to do and right so I sort so of expensive. Hate the culture of it living in beverly hills anyway like i hate that everyone has to drive the same car because they think that's what makes them cool and i've talked about this so right. but this week on uh, on boing boing tv we we found out that our newest uh, sponsor for the show was BMW, and they're, Uh-oh. like, starting this campaign for us. For a while. And so not only are they sponsoring the show, but, like, I was the guy in the office today that we were making our own custom ad for them to be in the thing. So I, like, read copy and, like, did a BMW commercial on the show. Uh, and your grandfather's and, uh, ghost returned to you and yeah. said, you are yeah, a bad man. He rolled in his grave numerous times. That. Wow. Mm. Not too happy. Nice. Mm. Not too happy. But you couldn't just go buy BMW one car. You had to go on. and promote, like, people to buy multiple cars. And did you say, who's up for a new I for know. an early Oktoberfest? Did you do that, mm-hmm. huh? Did you just pull that all out? To be fair... The commercial was for this, like, graffiti website that BMW is sponsoring, so it was more for the website than for, like, cars. But, right, and the point know, of the I website is not to sell cars. Worth. Like, it's bad The point enough. of the website is just about graffiti, exactly. Right. Cars have nothing to do with so it. graffiti, and, and to graffiti up all the BMWs. Right. Well, actually, exactly. at, at, the Disney, at Disney World, the baby center, they have this baby center where you can pump milk or whatever, it was sponsored by Nestle, which I thought was rather ironic since, you know, Nestle was the thing with the whole formula incident where there was this big controversy over Nestle and trying to 
get you know women to have formula when they should be you know feeding their babies with breast milk and all this stuff and so i mean oh really you know yeah it, it is very difficult it's becoming increasingly difficult because like what are we going to do like clea don't go pump there you must go pump at the fountain go 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 find tinkerbell and have her shade your breasts while you pump because you can't go to the have baby her center my shade your breasts you know like shade pre- my breasts yeah so that you don't yeah. have to show them off to people you know because otherwise uh you know you're going to be shave. supporting nestle <laughs> not implying that you go tell tinkerbell to shave your breasts please do that <laughs> we're at the airport and clea decides I don't know if that has ever been uttered it seems like a reasonable thing to say but until you think about it and you're yeah. like how ridiculous is that yeah. That someone should shave their breasts. Well, you know, what's so funny is I have a, a fellow it's comic who has, tells this joke of how she uh, was shaving really fast in the uh, shower and she stood up and cut her nipple with her razor by accident. Oh, God. Yep. No. Yep. That's yeah. like right out of the wall. Like one of the most disturbing movies ever. Yes. And that is disturbing. There's a scene where Pinky cuts off his own nipple. Ooh. Like intentionally because he's uh. a crazy bugger. <laughs> That is disturbing. Yeah. Crazy bugger. (laughs) No, Um, I I did actually pull my boobs out in the airport. Yes, and it was funny because it was in this, uh, you, there was this uh, old internet, um, you know, like kiosk, which had had the computers removed. So Clea's just like, you know, whips out the breasts and she's like, okay, if you could stand in front of me. So I'm like standing in front of her and this kid wanders by and said to his dad, he's like, she's got something on her chest. And it was like the, the, the pump mm-hmm. tubes. And the father's like, why, yes, she does. Uh-huh. Quick, let's hurry over to that place that's far away from here. Quick, come with me. It's no, just it's like. It's funnier what you say, what he actually said. What, it, what he actually said was, uh, yeah, or something. He like said something like, oh, "Yeah." He was like, he didn't know what to say. He was like, "Yeah, that, yeah, yes." <laughs> Follow him, yes. Like, he didn't really know what to say. Who wants ice cream? Yeah, exactly. Ice cream. <laughs> exactly. And it was, it was, you know, it was one of those things. Like, And the other thing is, too, that now that we're, you know, going through airport security with breast milk stuff, mm-hmm. that's become funny because you have to declare your breast milk. So you're just like, what's here? I have breast milk. I have a lot of breast milk, and it says on the new TSA website, on the Transportation Security Authority, they say, you will, you, neither you nor your baby will be asked to taste the breast milk. And I'm just like, how would that work? Like, here's Cenevine, test this breast milk to make sure that it's not a C4, okay? Just just, just have a little sip. If, if she likes it, then it's like, okay, I guess this is actually, actually legitimate breast milk. Like, I guess they probably used to do that. Oh, God. So now all they have to do is breed babies that have a taste for explosives in the right. breast milk, and then they can They're get right fine. through. <laughs> exactly. They're good to go. It's a long-term strategy. The security at and Disney... plus, like, if things go wrong, they can just throw the baby at a wall, and it'll blow a hole in the wall. And all <laughs> it's, good. it's true. It's a good backup plan. Nice. That's charming. Yeah. Security at Disney World Bloody was... Uh, was enjoyable too you go through and the guy like they have these cops there and they check my bag and don't even check the zipper pocket i'm like yeah because clearly i wouldn't keep explosives in the zipper pocket like oh you, you got me you checked in the main pocket i guess we're all set with that it's like this is the most useless thing i've ever seen in my life because i can't imagine al-qaeda's like you know the way to get america go after you know the enchanted castle like yeah, he scolded us for not having everything unzipped He's like, now I'm not gonna have to check. Now I'm not gonna be able to check it all. Next time, make sure you unzip everything. Because otherwise, you might bring in explosives, and I can't check it by unzipping it myself. So go on then. Have a magic day. (laughs) A magic day. (laughs) Anyway, so we were able to um, bring our breast milk on the airplane. Yes. 
which was good since I was That's overzealous good. in my production in Florida. Right. And you're right, yes. Americans. Clea went from being concerned about her milk production to being like, we were, I was talking about this before the show, like, you know, she was uh, using like Poland Spring bottle of milk, like, you know, with just like e- extra containers. I like usually produce just enough for her to Coke have cans. all breast milk. And she's always like right on my tail. And then suddenly she decided to go for a couple of days. Breast where she wasn't very hungry and I suddenly decided to produce like lots and lots of milk. So we literally had like at all times six bottles worth of breast milk in the fridge. Yep. We started making Molotov cocktails I out of it. I smell a business venture. They're surprisingly flammable. <laughs> well, no, I'm still I'm still nothing. I swear this is like a new form of penis envy. I met this woman on the website today. She has this picture in her uh, signature of her in front of a standing fridge filled with 1,200 ounces of <laughs> breast milk. In case of nuclear holocaust, oh open. Like and she has a baby just as old as mine. I'm like, oh my God, woman. So basically, it just has an IV into her breast, like, the whole time. She just sort of lies down and just, you know... I don't know how she did it. Yeah. Who knows? For the most puresome, wholesome experience for your baby, try Wilson's Best. <laughs> <laughs> Holy natural breast milk. And Cleo's like, well, if we... Woes <laughs> directly from the teeth of a mother herself. <laughs> well, there is, there are actually, I guess, uh, milk banks where you could go, I think, and buy... Milk banks? Yeah. But see, mm-hmm. I could maybe start yeah, making I, all money I on the side. I usually go, but they're closed on Sunday. <laughs> they can never make it. It's you know, work schedule. Well, Cleo was like, "Well, I don't know. I've got to make. I've got to plan ahead because so I can defrost this." And I'm just like, "Well, you know, you could just give it to Cenovine. It's just a milk popsicle. Whatever. Right. Like, it's just a nice, refreshing treat." I don't understand what the big deal is. Just yeah, be awesome. Yeah, you just yeah. suck at the milk. You don't need to bite through it. You just need teeth. Just need to, you know, suck at it and gradually get the, you know, the, uh... Let her tug like it's stuck to my milk, milk pop. Breast milk frozen yogurt. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like ice breast cream. Milk frozen yogurt. That's right, because Clea has very good creamy-looking breast milk. You know, everyone talks <laughs> about this blue watery breast milk. I'm like, man, it's not my wife's breast milk. That's some quality 4% right there. Some nice <laughs> half-and-half breast milk. It's like TC, TCBBBY. The exactly. country's best breast, breasty breast yogurt. <laughs> breasty breast yogurt. But, like, seriously, there's got to be some other application for breast milk other than just babies. There's got to be. Like, the, like in tea or coffee, yes. you know, like, there's got to be, like, a I'm sure Starbucks. It, I'm like, sure there's got to be could, something. Some like scientists could... Engine degreasing. <laughs> sure. Lubricating skate Why blades. Not? I'm sure a scientist could do something yes. to make it become, like, a form of fuel. Oh, nice. The hell with ethanol. Baby, can you just pump a little bit so we can get going another 100 miles? Didn't some scientists recently say... All they have to do is come up with some synthetic human beings, and then it'll totally be fuel, because that's what it is for Well, that's true. That's true. So there you go. But no, some scientists recently, like, set water on fire or something like that. Yeah, I think we talked about this in the show at some point, didn't we? Yeah. This guy... That was scary. We did. Right. Sets everything on fire through water or something. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that. Well, seawater. It was that he could burn the salt in water to the point where the water itself would burn. So, I love you know, that you guys found this, like any this invention of, uh, scary. Uh, I, I can't imagine why. Why would this invention ever go rogue? We're going to test this out on the sea. Just a small patch. Next thing you know, it's Apocalypse right. Now. Oh, crap. <laughs> the ocean's on fire. All of a sudden, it's coming to Mad Max and Waterworld. Like oh, crap. Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> it's totally different. Right. Exactly. And we couldn't have foreseen this at all. 
Well, it's like I think we talked about this before, you know, several, several, many, well, I don't know, many episodes ago. But my friend Aaron, who used to tell us uh, that he that, about this big particle accelerator in Texas, and he was like, "Yeah, they had to shut it down." They're like, "Why?" He's like, "Well, there was this small theoretical chance that a black hole could have been created." I'm like, "Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. that a what could yeah. have been created?" He's like, "A black hole." I was like, wouldn't that destroy everything? He's like, yeah, it would suck in the whole world. He's like, but, you know, that's only if it happened. It's a very infinitesimal chance. I'm like, yes, that's a risk I'd like to avoid entirely, if that's all the same to you. I'd, I'd like us not to take the infinitesimal risk. That's not like, look, there's a very small bah, chance that you you'll, take the chances. you know, like, take a risk. and Never do, get anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to avoid the black hole. Everybody takes chances. I wonder how long you'd have. Like, would you see the black hole? Would you be like, "Oh shit, it's a black hole. We better tell everyone that you have no, you know, five days to live." Or yeah. would it just then you'd start to run and you'd realize that the Earth was collapsing in on itself and be like, "Yeah, I don't really." That'd be like total recall, to and you'd have enough time to to get away somehow. Yeah, because everything's slow mo. No, I think it'd be instantaneous. Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> get your ass to Mars. Yeah. So. Can I ask? You know, though, I do alone. think we we bring up Total Recall every two episodes. Well, it's 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 an it, it's got a lot of it's a kind of cultural hub. You know, it's a nexus. You know, lots of things tie into that movie. Yeah. So it, yep. it's not surprising. My ex-girlfriend's uncle wrote it, so that's part of it. Right. And she certainly brought that and up and every I two. Talk about that every time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Every time, like, I know the guy. I had Passover dinner with the guy who wrote that. <laughs> Because I'm cool. Oh, so that's probably why Russ brings it up every time. I mean, name drop my one name. <laughs> I'm going to name drop the one name again. Here it is. Ready? Gary Goldman. Uh, drop. Okay. Boom. I'm going to pick it up and name drop it one more time. Drop in the name. I want to ask about this thing called Twitter. Have you guys heard about this? This I'm sure I'm sure you've heard of it, but Twitter, do you know yeah. what this is? It's like everyone in the Boing Boing world does this, and I'm, I'm still not following why it's such a big deal. Yeah, I don't get it. They just are addicted to this shit. It's basically, as I understand it, that you basically tell everyone what you're doing all the time. And and I've had like people, Kevin Grinberg, the former guest star on the show. I, I've had people tell me like, oh, well, what? That way, it allows me to keep in touch with people I wouldn't otherwise. I'm like, so you connect with people that you don't like, and they tell you what you're doing, and you don't care, but at least you know. Whereas people that you do care about, you be in contact with anyway, and so you don't need it. Like I don't, I don't get what the big deal is. I don't understand it. I don't. Yeah, it's like a blog. Except you do it all the time, and it's live updates, and people are, like, addicted to it because they want to know what people they follow are doing every five seconds of the day because they themselves have no life. Right, exactly. And I, and I don't, I, like, I, I had this thought that, you know, that maybe it's the kind of thing that would be nice to, but again, it's the same stupid stuff that people do when they're doing IMing, like, taking shower... Like there's this one agent who has a blog where she talks about Twitter and she and uses Twitter and she's got things like making the world safe for Rayon. I'm like, I don't care what laundry you're doing in the name of God. Just go represent books. Well, why do I care about this? <laughs> like, you don't have to read it. I'm like, well, yeah, but what, what's what? What is but the point? Don't people have more important things to do with their time? You'd think so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, have the time. Science to do- fiction convention attendees and people who like Disney say no. So that's your target audience, then. That's the Twitter target audience. Yeah. It's, uh, I'd rather just be living my life another, than that's, that's be documenting point. as I'm living it. That's, that's, see, that's it. That's it right there. I'd rather be living my life than documenting. Right now, I, enjoying self. Still enjoying self. Having yeah. a good time while enjoying Having self. Having a great time writing Wish you were here. Things. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's yeah, and I, I mean, and I, I I understand like I a lot of the social networking sites as we've talked about, I, I hate MySpace, Facebook is you know the Antichrist, so I understand that, but you know Twitter like everyone seems to think that it's this revolution, and I'm kind of like, 
what is it it's revolutionary because you just know what's happening all the time to everybody that's why it's revolutionary and anyone gives a damn like is that just it almost feels like the way they describe it to me it's like they feel comfortable like they're sitting in front of a warm fireplace and they've gotten a card and they're like ah it's a pleasant smile to think about someone in hawaii right now ah, i hope they're having a good time and it's so they look up and it's like having a good time on beach like ah, i'm glad they're having a good time on the Do you beach. Think like, it's a pleasant smile yeah that's that the image i have like they have this relaxed they're like this smile of memory uh, the thinking back you know like I, I don't in greg's world only non-english speakers twitter this is like <laughs> fabulous day have you when sitting on great grandiose of patriotism huzzah right true huh yes and then they always finish with huzzah <laughs> because huzzah is the way you end things it should be the way we should i That's wish everyone ended every sentence with huzzah <laughs> huzzah <laughs> I think we could keep it up for about two minutes before we shot ourselves in the head. Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Huzzah. Yeah, and then nothing would ever be funny again. Huzzah. <laughs> I um, don't know what to say. Huzzah. Other than huzzah. Huzzah. There are four lights. Huzzah. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine that, that would ruin every speech that would just everywhere I may not get there with you huzzah <laughs> when all the white children and all the black children and all the sons of yeah. slaves and slave owners huzzah yeah, it's like, three cheers for Mortimer huzzah <laughs> hip hip hooray huzzah <laughs> hip hip oh gosh Ask not what your country can do for you, huzzah! Ask what you can do for your country, huzzah! <laughs> that was a good today, one. Today, 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 huzzah! I consider, I consider myself, 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 huzzah! huzzah. Luckiest man, luckiest huzzah! Man. Actually, huzzah. that one would have to be after every word. Today, huzzah! Today, huzzah! Today, huzzah! I consider it huzzah, huzzah, huzzah! But no, huzzah would yeah, not echo for some reason. Today, 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 huzzah! Right. I consider myself, 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 huzzah! Yeah, because everyone hates it. <laughs> everyone just die. <laughs> Everyone would just die. Now wait, would this would would this apply also to singers? Like could Peter Frampton be like, "Do you feel like I do?" Huzzah? Like is that also how that would work? Any any singer would all automatically at the end of a lyric have to say huzzah? Mm, I don't know. Or is this only spoken language? I feel like there'd be a different word for songs. Uh-huh. Like huzzah would be the prose, and then right, uh, flim flam would be the poetry <laughs> or something. They would have to be different. Play that flunky music, white boy, flim flam. I don't think that works. Flim See, it works better. It does. Flim better. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a ballad that this no, would, it would completely be, destroy. No, it would be the Timberland thing. Eh, eh, yeah, so eh. that's a good thing I wanted to bring up. So, okay, Russ, have you heard of the singer Timbaland? And that's with, of course, T-I-M-B-A, Timbaland. Um, no. Okay. Nor will I ever. I'm going to stop <laughs> okay. paying attention right now. He will forget it right now. What? What so, were you talking about? So, yeah. this guy is... I'm, a- I'm filing this in super short-term memory, just so you know, <laughs> okay. so don't ask me about this later. <laughs> this will be destroyed in five minutes. So, Timbaland is a uh, yeah. typical, like, hip-hop rap producer type guy. And uh, he was the one who found this song by One Republic, It's Too Late to Apologize, which they used for atonement. It's called Apologize. That's a song that's too late to apologize. It's too late. Right? And so the way what he does with every song, and I'm really not making this up, every song, the way that he adds, you know, lots of producers like remix things or whatever. The way he does every song is he adds in, eh. So it's like, it's too late to apologize. Eh. It's too late. Eh. Eh. 
And then he has another song, which is... Um, is he just... It, not into his own music. Well, no, like much? all the, he but all the people he sings with, <laughs> they all say like this featuring Timbaland, and then there's one song that's like, um, uh, da da da, and he's like, eh, like that's it, he does the same thing, like every goddamn song, that's all he does is eh, eh. It's like Little John with okay, but at least Little yeah. John is like yeah and okay. Yeah, seriously, like Timbaland, can you imagine the two of them? Yeah, eh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's all he does. That's all he does. But but it does make sound does make the song sound really cool. So I told Greg that I would do that for all of his songs. So so sing a song, mm-hmm. Greg. I, sing one of your songs. It gets more cold this time of year. Yes. Exactly. See, does it make it sound cooler? He coming to America. Flip Flam, he coming to America. Hey, Flip Flam. <laughs> Crack and Rose, get on board. Hey, Flip Flam. Da, 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 Isn't this da, like da, an old trick, though? Who was the guy that um, sang Hot, Hot, Hot that was also like a bad Buster Poindexter. B-level actor? Buster Poindexter. Didn't Buster Poindexter do some similar thing in his songs? Like, people rocking, eh. They're really talking, feeling hot, 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 eh. Flim Flam, eh. There was some gimmicky <laughs> crap in his songs, eh. too. Flim Flam, eh. <laughs> How about the circle of life? Circle of life. Eh, eh, flim eh, flam. Eh, the wheel of oh, flim God. flam. <laughs> getting, no, I'm getting telling you, just that there. simple thing, it makes any song sound cooler. It's not true. It did not make it. It makes it some songs sound worse. Do another one. Uh, Do any song. Oh, beautiful, for spacious skies. For amber eh. waves of grain. Eh, eh, <laughs> See, no, eh, you're just like eh. I'm just gonna add in. I'm just gonna press play on tape and be like, eh, eh. But does it Happy birthday to you. Eh. I know. <laughs> right. Baruch Adonai. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. We made it out of clay. Eh. Yeah. I tell you, man, he is onto something. That man is brilliant. So he should, you know, invent an instrument that says A, and then he can save himself the time and actually try to work on his song. Well, it's probably a synthesizer by now. There was actually a group back in the uh, 80s and 90s called Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. It was a jazz group, and there was a guy there who played a keyboard drum that he called the Drumatar. And and he was this guy, and they called Ooh. him like Mr. Drum or something, and and so it was, was a called keyboard with every key was a every key was a drum, song. yeah. And he, it was like he would play it like you know those things where you you strap the keyboard around you like a guitar. Oh my gosh! So he so did he that, was, and he was like a drum guitar, yeah. Like, it was so he was a dork. Yeah, well, it was it was the eighties. Everybody was dork then. That's true. So was he a dorkus malarkus? Ooh. She was. Eh, 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 eh. But I just what I'd like to know is doesn't somebody look at him eventually and go. Dude, is that all you ever do? Like, doesn't somebody go, do you have anything else besides that? He's like, you know what would go great with this? Eh. They're like, um, that's, uh, okay. I don't think that's a, that's a unique thing. This is going to be me more shitting on humanity, so get ready for it. I think that most people <laughs> have some gimmick that they rely on. As they've gotten some convention that they do, either in their work or in their speech or whatever, and they just sort of rely on it because they don't want to be original. And so someone could listen to someone for long enough and be like, don't you say the word paradigm like every five seconds? Is that is that what you're about? Is that what you do? And I'll be like, yes, I'm sorry. I don't have any ideas. And that would just be the end of that person. Yeah. And so we don't do that to people because everyone's like that. Or, you know, 85% is what I meant to say. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Huzzah! 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... And he just happens to come up with something that makes him money for doing nothing, so gotta give him credit. I guess that's true. Okay, so Clea looks up Timberland and A-A-A, and somebody did the lyrics. The lyrics. Interpretation. A-A-A, A-A-A. I'm holding on your rope, got me ten feet off the ground, and then he does the whole verse, and then it's too late to apologize, it's too late. A-A-A. I say it's too late to apologize, it's too late. A-A-A. Oh, yeah, oh. A-A-A. It's four of them. He's wrong. This has been done before. Yes. It's called it's called the Nation of Canada. <laughs> eh. They've done this before. Eh. <laughs> I swear one. there's four of them. But I, I think that, you know, like, if you look at people like um, Little John doing Crunk, it's not that it's that, you know, the, like, Crunk is pretty ridiculous, too. But at least there, you know, you would assume that he's doing things like fiddling around to the rhythm and everything, not just... Well, but that's my thing, honey, is I think he is doing more than just that. I think he, he, he does. He's probably... I mean, this song, for all we know, could have been a completely different pace. Um, and he, he's put it together, you know, differently. I mean, there's a thing here that says, click here for Timbaland's hot new ringtone. What, what do you think the ringtone is? I mean, please. It's not eh, 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 eh. Who wants to hear about my uh, newest uh, relationship? With oh yes, yes. Let's and horribly. let's talk. Oh, yes. yes, let's hey. talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Russ told me that this uh, was a really uplifting story. Nobody wants to hear about that. It's an uplifting story about him. It wasn't much of a story. This was another one of my non-stories. I'm just like, I don't want to. It's just the same crap again. I, I there's no point so we all know by now i think i've mentioned it at least once about this girl who like destroyed my face back around the new year and because she was just like totally inconsistent like said one thing did something else one day everything was fine the next day i was the devil like to the point where it really drove me nuts and it took eh, me a long time eh. oh i'm sorry like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> i wish I wish that was my reaction. Did you say she destroyed your face? Huzzah. She did, and then he said huzzah. Yes. Okay, so, Ress, I do remember this. my face okay. with her unpredictability. Yes. Okay. Um. So, like, and I was just so, I tried so hard to win her back, like, to the point of just complete absurdity, where it became, like, a thing where I'm like, I'm never putting myself out there like this again. Like, it wasn't worth Aww. it. It just made it worse. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't get over it because I kept trying, which was just stupid. Yeah. And, like... It just made everything worse. So then I go, the lesson that I took out of that for the next one was like, okay, let's just, you know, call a spade a spade. And if it's over, it's over, and don't make it more painful than it needs to be. So I go on two dates with this girl who's sort of like, I don't know if she's ambivalent, but she acts that way. Mm-hmm. She acts like, eh. <laughs> eh. <laughs> like, eh. There's a lot of eh <laughs> the reactions I'm getting. So we go on a couple dates. Lim and like, she's cool. She has a cool nerdy sensibility. And a cool nerdy. I kind of like her. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not smitten, but I like her. You know, mm-hmm. the, as far as dates in LA go, like way, way above the norm. So I was like happy about that. Yeah. And uh, so we go on a second date where she just seems sort of tired and disinterested. And I asked her if she wanted to go out again Tuesday, and she was like, that's my, like, alone time, and I don't want to do that. Because she's, like, this social butterfly who's busy all the time. Uh And so between that and, like, her seeming kind of bored, I decided that she wasn't really interested. And since I had just learned the lesson of, Mm. you know, you don't push the envelope if someone's not really interested, I sent her a text out of nowhere, which was like, so I'm going to go ahead and assume this is over. I wish you luck and hope you find what you're looking for. (laughs) She texts back like, what in God's name are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, where did this come from? And I was like, oh, shit. They're like, from nowhere. I accidentally sent you a text. 
ruin that. Yeah, and then I, I tried to like apologize, but at that, at that time she thought I was just some unpredictable lunatic, and mm-hmm. we had this very with this very weird phone conversation where she talked to me like I was a mental patient, and uh, that was about it. And I was like, yes, I learned lessons, and they carry over and uh, make things stupid. You're always fighting the Idiot. wrong war, Russ. Always fighting the wrong war. I know. I was like, not this time. I'm not gonna make it super painful. I'm just gonna end it right now and save her the trouble. Oh crap. But see, no, maybe, maybe the way to look at but it though is to stop applying. Crap lessons i mean can't you just sort of go with it and be like like give it one more try learning how dare you well 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 but see i can't help but think though too it's and this is the girl in me but you know i mean she obviously wasn't the right one if she didn't wasn't able to like come around from that i mean you you explain the situation yeah you see that's my other thing was that her reaction was so she was so put off by what yeah. happened. I was like, oh, so she really wasn't interested. She was just feigning that she was because she didn't want me to be right and have jumped the gun so amazingly uh, uh, accurately. And so yeah. then she's like pretending that everything was cool. Yeah. But now I've ruined. Oh, now you ruined it. Yeah. Oh, and that's it. Right. I'm like, nope, you're bullshit. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's right. I think that's so right. It's possible that she actually was bullshit. She just didn't want to be called on bullshit. Um, I think it's right. bullshit. Which is if you're listening to this showgirl, it was bullshit. And we called you on it. Did you just call her a showgirl? And now bullshit. our our hundreds, our thousands of fans, our millions of fans now know, and they know too the same thing. No, he said if you're listening to a showgirl, <laughs> you're listening to a showgirl. <laughs> showgirl's giving you advice. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I it is true well, that there's... How dare you think things that I don't think? Well, now I'm all weirded out and uncomfortable, and I don't want to see you anymore. But no, bullshit. You're just covering for stuff that already happened. Yeah. I see through you. So I was going to say, I, know. I wasn't sure how to read this. So, like, did this mean that ultimately you won? Like, like so I win. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like a winner. I just, want to say, <laughs> like, I just wanted to say, can we keep score? Like, like who I won? I do not... I do not feel like a winner in this situation. <laughs> I feel like nobody won. Maybe I won in that I would have asked her out again. She would have gotten another dinner out of me, and then it would have been like, oh, I'm not really interested, but, you know, thanks for the meal. So in that case, maybe I won, like, 80 bucks. Maybe oh, well, 80 congratulations. Bucks back in my hey, nice job, man. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't feel like 80 bucks won as much as it feels like 80 bucks not, not lost. lost. Right. Which is not not a wonderful well, feeling. No, no, you have to no, you have to look at it the way glass not, half empty kind of talk in there. Right? You have to look at the de- the people who are selling you something yeah. and the people who sell you something are just like you know you're actually it's like eighty dollars in your pocket like when you're getting this or like eighty dollars cash back you're like you realize all this means is that I paid less than I would have but I'm still paying out okay, eighty I'm bucks. Sorry, I'm going to have to totally right? make exactly a t- what this is like. I'm going to have to make a total change of topic. Has anyone else been receiving nonstop emails from these people like of like trying to get my, get me to give them my information? information what it's like it's not like spam it's i mean fish yeah like everybody does that now. I, that's how we do business in this country so we sell people's private information to i did that at the mep report money. all of our listeners it's now have been on at least 150 million i mean i had never that, received I one of those emails saying you know hi i'm an ambassador from england who needs to find some way to get these this 10 million dollars out of the country my I've, father was killed please give me i've never gotten bucks. one of those before and this last month i've gotten like one a day i don't understand wow so i must have done Somebody something right i must have gotten yeah i guess so yep 
That's what happens. I've noticed that that now that I like to see these patterns in my spam folder. Now there are all these uh, things that have to do with sex of some kind, and they all start with a subject line, something like, "I wanted to see her with her clothes off. I wanted to know what it was like to see her naked. I wanted to understand what it felt like to do this. I wanted to believe in this and that." And what I love are some of the subject lines that are so horrendously written that, like, you couldn't like the ones like, "I was at a birthday party or a sporting event." I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was I was at this or that whatever you find more convincing I was a spam artist at this place or that place if you like so they've all got these patterns now that they're that they're using and they apparently have decided to start shooting those spam things out to everybody so that's the latest that's the latest thing yep you know the new spam technology I think there should Advanced be I think there should be a way that every spam message that gets sent creates uh when it hits a certain computer you send back something which immediately melts the hard drive i think if that happened once that would be that it's kind of the one strike and you're done you mean policy. A reverse virus right a virus on the i can't see any potential for abuse of that at all so i think mm. that would be a good idea nope so it's kind of like there should totally be technology that instantly melts your computer <laughs> that someone can send to you anonymously that's kind of like saying that <laughs> you think someone's going to attack you so absolutely. you think you should carry an uzi around with you all the time there's no recipe for disaster at all i don't know what you people are talking about that'd be great people whose names start with g should be able to carry around unlicensed weaponry into supermarkets <laughs> well hey that's what they're talking about a lot of these college campuses now they're like you know what oh actually no i didn't want i i just struck me as i was talking about that did you hear about the guy the pilot whose gun discharged while he was trying to stow it in an airplane. You know, it's like one of these, these Marshalls yeah, things. I heard it from Story's uh, webcomic, yeah. actually. Like someone fired this gun off and like it went through. And supposedly he didn't tell anybody initially. And they, they said, so everyone was asking, would that cause a loss of pressure? I'm like, I'm not really concerned that it's going to cause the plane to have a loss of pressure. I'm concerned, what if it's facing the other direction? You know, like they're like, oh, let's have the kid look at the cockpit. Oh, we're sorry, Johnny. We shot you in the head by accident because we were trying to stow our gun. Because stowing it will make it easier to get to when we get attacked by terrorists who will be put off by having a gun here or something you know like yep these are all good ideas i would like to subscribe to your newsletter <laughs> arming pilots <laughs> and uh yeah and random computer users with unreasonable power i just don't understand do the it. idea of stopping gun violence by arming more people with them like, I mean, even beyond the sort of typical bare arms thing, like, there's a shooting on a college campus, and the answer, therefore, is to give everyone a gun. It, am I missing something? Yeah, it's the concept of saturation point, Greg. Oh, like, it'll, like you know, oh, you're shooting someone. Oh, big whoop. You know, last week we had five people shoot somebody. I mean, what's the big deal? Is that the idea? Take away the excitement of it? Yeah, once everyone has a gun, no one wants to use them. Because of mutually assured destruction? What if everybody had, like, a mounted eye cannon? <laughs> like, oh, what? What would happen? Do you mean an eye no, cannon that like hooks up with your iPhone, or do you mean a cannon on your eye? Well, I don't. It doesn't have to be made by Apple particularly, <laughs> okay. but like you know, like <laughs> an eye cannon for your eyes, like Cyclops. If everyone had Cyclops's power and just walked around and could like you know destroy a brick wall by uh, tweaking a little dial on the side of their head, then that would be like, what? Would that mean that there was less violence? Would there be less violence or more violence? Because if everybody had it, like you would know better. Because you know if you went into a crowded place and opened fire, you'd get hit with, like, 17 laser beams and be totally destroyed. Um, right? But, see, that only ever has to happen once, you know, to, like, make that a bad idea. Yeah, for people to learn and know that they shouldn't shoot their laser beams at other people. I don't think people think this way. I think sometimes people forget, again, more than once. 
I don't think they learn. This coming from the professor. <laughs> I can't teach people. Look, I can't teach an armed populace. Okay, I didn't sign up for that. I'm, God, I'm not a goddamn do marine. Do I? Do I look to you? People just don't learn, and what's the point? I know. I think that's I'm gonna how go bad te- it's gotten. I'm gonna go teach some armed militants in Basra. That's like that's that your guy. That's your guy's theory. I can't teach an armed populace. What do you want from me? I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm a teacher, not a fighter or a gun producer. Okay. Or anything. I'm not a lover or a fighter. <laughs> just, I'm a I just, guy, I just own I guns guy. for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, lots of just a dude. Well, uh, I think that we are closing in on an hour, and uh, since we're all very tired and very exhausted. So, how many levels have you gone up in during this? Yeah, have you leveled up Russ? five times, Russ? I'm getting close to level fifty. Oh, you FYI, said you're already at fifty, which is not as impressive in World of Warcraft. I said I was getting close, oh. and I'm still getting close. You should go fishing so for not, a bit. Not that much. To catch like a hundred fish. No, my character doesn't fish because she can conjure food out of thin air with magic, so she doesn't find it useful to like fish for food. Well, maybe she'll find it relaxing. You ever think of that? Maybe it's good stress. She already goes to relax. a Chinese spa, Clea. There's no need for any other kind of relaxation. Oh, I see. Huzzah. I hear what you're saying. Don't you the big Limp deal is. I hear you knocking. <laughs> So uh, we'd like to thank everybody for listening. We apologize that Clee and I were a little bit tired, but it's late and we are tired. And uh, we'll be back at you soon in the new show. Please spread the word. Let everybody know about our show. And uh, let us know if you think that we should end sentences with this is ah, or flim flam, or, or if we should have an armed populace. That would be helpful if you told us that. <laughs> All those things at once, really. Yeah. It would be great. And also, notes. Someone, if anyone's in Diablo... Yeah, and if you're in Diablo, please let us know. And if you're in Diablo and you have a gun and you like Huzzah, that would be good. That might be too much. You're going for too much, And Greg. if you're still playing Diablo, <laughs> we have phone numbers that you can We got some issues. <laughs> Say hey, goodbye, everybody. Huzzah. Maybe they'll come out with a Diablo 3, Ugh. and then you'll be sorry. Never got into it. Greg liked Diablo. I'm not really prone to being addicted to these things. Greg was all into Diablo until he was moving his desk and decided to not take the things out of the desk before moving it, and then the Diablo CD fell out and broke. (laughs) (laughs) The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one in the cars. Please support the Mep Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for Mep link on the Mep Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at mepreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's a moral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Just another day away